Welcome everybody to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome everybody to the podcast, and today I'm back with Rock, and we are catching up because it's been too long since you've been on the podcast now. It's been a while. We have so much to cover. You've been growing like crazy. So much has happened. Um, so for those that may be tuning in and haven't heard you on the podcast before, um, which you've been on a lot, why don't you give them a quick background of you, where you came from, what you're doing now, and then we can, uh, jump into the updates. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah. So when I was 20, I met AJ at a real estate meetup before he was AJ Osborne, self-storage master. (laughs) And, uh, we kind of just hit it off and, uh, started working for you. What I was twenty, I think yeah, I was twenty. Yeah. It was like what, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, no. yeah. It's been wow, yeah. Uh, and you know, I started working uh, at the time. He, AJ owned gyms, so we I was managing the gyms. And when CJ left, yep, I jumped in and did what he does, which is actually what Connor does now. Yep, uh, and worked for you for five years. Yeah, four or five years, and then. Uh, that whole time I was kind of building my online business and, uh, it's called Jim Reapers. We, we sell fitness equipment and apparel, uh, online. And, you know, I was building that the whole time, kind of working with you, learning about business. And, uh, back in 2019, I, July of 2019, I, uh, went full time on Jim Reapers and I think we kept working here and there yeah. on different projects. Um, and then, yeah, it basically from 2019 to now, it's just exploded and continued to grow. Um, just more com- It's like a compound effect. Uh, I do real estate. I bought a house, a house hack, my first house when I was uh, 20, bought uh, a duplex, lived in one side. Two years later, bought another one. Two years after that, bought three more houses, uh, one being a triplex, two being single families, and then uh, found the Statesman deal. Yep. And we did the Statesman. Uh, and then I bought, I've been buying warehouses, uh, like big, big, like industrial um, warehouses to initially operate Jim Reapers out of, uh, and then now they're leased back to like other commercial businesses. Um, so yeah, my, my two areas is like real estate, um, more as a, uh, I know you hate the passive term, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. totally passive. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. uh, I have one person that kind of, I guess I have a CPA and an executive assistant and they kind of help me manage my personal real estate. And just because of how, uh, triple net leases work. And maybe you, if you want to talk about those, we can talk about those. Um, it's relatively like, it's not as in, as, um, intensive as like running a storage business is, or at least for me, if I was developing or doing that full time, totally different story. Um, but yeah, real estate and then the e-commerce things like my full-time job. Yeah. And, uh, walk them through a little bit, uh, give them a snapshot of the company today, where you're at, sure. um, what you started with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I started with, uh, five grand and a PL that we had worked on. Uh, and I just ordered 500 knee sleeves. That was back in, uh, 2016. Like I spent two years, 2014 to 2016, not, uh, uh not making money. I think we lost like m- lost. I lost money on those tax returns. Um, and then in 2016, um, I started making equipment. So we like, we sell performance equipment, like straps, wraps, belts, all that kind of thing. Um, stuff you'd see at like a Dick's Sporting Goods or you could find it, 
you know, in any, in any commercial gym and, you know, started it with that 5k probably for those five years after that point in through 2020, I was just in like a thousand square foot building. Like my roommate at the time, his dad owned a, a business and they had like 800 square feet, a thousand square feet ish, uh, attached to their offices and he wasn't using it. So I was like, Hey, uh, or I, I didn't ask. I was, I had so much inventory in my living room. My roommate was like, you should figure out a warehouse to put this in. Uh, and he linked me with that. So we were in a thousand square feet. I, it was just me in March of 2020. And, um, just to kind of give context to like how many people like my, my sister and a couple of friends would help pack and like, uh, you know, send stuff to, you know, customers and do customer support. But it was just mainly me as the W2. And then really from March of 2020 to, to just continuing now, uh, we've just exponentially grown. Uh, it's like Inc's one of the Inc's fastest growing companies. We went from no employees to like 35 employees. Now we're in a 60,000 square foot building. Uh, we're just, it's a compounding, uh, effect and we, we're just growing the product line, making it, making it uh, a global, like big brand now. It's awesome, dude. It's Absolutely insane, huh? explosive growth. It's crazy, dude. It's so cool. Yeah. It's been incredible to watch. Um, you know, it, over the years, you know, we've just had endless conversations, uh, like this on, what changes, what doesn't, what works, what doesn't. Um, and I love that part of business. I love the creative part. It's not like the as, art of it. Yeah. The art of it. Yeah. Saying, is this working? Is this not what's happening in the world? How are we doing? You know what I mean? It's, it's totally. a moving Dyn the living dynamic, dynamic thing. Well, it's funny. Like, uh, I was doing a presentation at this Ria meetup and I was like, I showed like the progression of revenue from 2014 to now. Yeah. And I was like, this is where I met AJ. Cause you could see it's exponential after. Yeah. And you, and everyone listening to the podcast can kind of understand, like to your point of endless conversations, it's like, dude, we would sit in, cause it was not your business was not what this is Yeah. today. Yeah. And so we would just sit or like, we'd be driving around to a facility yeah, doing like, I mean, we were working, but like, but some of that, like we yeah. could have been doing nothing too. Yeah. Like we would, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of a day where we would be driving around. Then we go to lunch, but the whole time, which is basically eight hours a day for five years yeah. straight. Yeah. We would just talk about, I'd be like, what's this? And you'd explain yep. it. And then we'd talk about this and you'd be like, oh, okay. Like, and it was just constant learning. Yeah. And I remember when I first met you, um, there would be like times where you'd be talking about a concept and I would just completely lose. I like that. I could see that where I couldn't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Cause I just wasn't educated. Yes. And then I could pop back in and you're like, and then I'd be like, well, what's this? And you'd explain it to me and fill the gap. Yeah. And like, I think the reason everything's like growing so quickly is cause I have all these principles to work off of like you, Sam and Ron, yeah. but also like, and I also find other mentors too, yeah. not at the time rate. Yeah. Um, but all that knowledge and the principles and everything, I had like the art idea of it, but you guys taught me the science of it. Yeah. And like now it's like, oh, I could, I would go home and just start working on my thing and doing the art of it. Yeah. But if you, art without science is like, yes. you're just throwing shit at the wall. Yep. Exactly. But when I was able to understand margins, when I was under, able to understand a PL, when I was able to understand um, ROI and time value of money and, all these things that like, I think now are like default. Oh, everyone's thinking this way. Yeah. 
but then I'll talk to somebody and they're like, they, they have no clue. Yeah. And I'm like, how, how'd you get this far without yeah. it? Um, so it's not an accident anymore. And if you can understand all these principles, um, and I think you're great at explaining those. I think another person that's prevalent on like the social media scene is like Alex Hermosi. Yeah. He does. When he explains job. concepts, I'm like, yes, yeah. like I can just like, oh yeah, I can see what yep. you're saying. It's perfect. Yes. Uh, he's good at articulating. Yes, you're good at that good. too. I can't, I can't articulate it, but I can show it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, like that comes from understanding and the art of it's the fun part. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the real application. And I think that's one of the things that a, a, a lot of people miss. I think a lot of people expect it. Uh, they don't expect the process. They expect it to be a simple equation, right? They expect it to be a simple output or luck or you know the whole idea or, of like, or they want their thing to work yes like that's what yes. i wanted for so long i was yeah. like i want this to work and the and the science of it's like that doesn't work that doesn't work and you don't know you're just spinning your wheels and this is where people are like i remember when i first started there's like and i think every person if i don't consciously think of it i don't think about it anymore and i i wonder if you think about this but like when you first start you there's always this thing in your mind that says this won't work and like you, yeah. you just have constant doubt around your business idea or trying to, whether it's financial freedom or like whatever your, your goal is, you're like, ah, I can't get there. There's yeah. like something in your head, like yes. this limiting belief. Yeah. Um, and then as you start to like make the incremental process progress and you start to understand the science of it, you're like, oh no, these are just habits and disciplines that you just have to run yeah. over and over at a, and like, you know, against a long period of time, it result just comes from it. Yes. Um, but people miss the science of it yes. and understanding the principles can work on any idea. Yeah. Um, if well, somebody else is doing it. Yeah. It's like, you know, people are like, I don't understand why that person, everything they touch turns to gold. And I'm like, it's not everything that they touch turns to gold, right? It's that they can understand what the difference between a rock and gold is. Right. And then no they understand how to get it out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's different. And, um, they understand what goes into it. They understand, okay, I have to work X amount. I'm going to have to figure this out. I mean, after, after you've done it, you really start looking at ideas and saying, will this work? Will this not? What is all needed to go into it? Right. And you could be a lot more disciplined about your time because not only people starting out, I think have the problem where they want what they want to work, which that's not obviously how entrepreneurship works. It's the market. You're at service of those people and they pay for what's good. You feel, you feel a need. You feel a need. That's it. And then you've got to be masters at delivering the need and you've got to be, you know, profitable. You've got to be able to market to get it to the people that do want it because markets have lots of different people, some wants and desires. Yeah. That's one of the hardest things is you're like, how much of the demand? If you have a hundred people, is it one person? Can you find that person? Is it five, 10 people? Can you find them out of the hundred people? Right? There's a lot of things that go into it and people vastly underestimate the time that it takes to understand these concepts. Now, maybe I'm just slow and it's taken me, I get better and better as I go along because years and years of doing it. But you like, even when you started out, you would learn something, right? But then you would have to go back into your lab and you'd have to test it being your business. And you would see how those concepts would apply in that manner of your business. And then you could look at things and take things, right? And this is the 
that art part of it. It's yeah. using those tools and going, but that takes time and that takes practice and understanding, right? That's why when we talk about things like debt, when we talk about things um, like different business cycles and everything, why it's so important because it does take time. You can't have the wrong things happen to you at the wrong time. You have to be able to survive. It's not, I think too many people think I have an idea and I'm going to be the next Apple, right? That's just not how it works. And failure, right, is obviously part of it. But I think too, they just think it's this win or fail. Mm -hmm. I either won or I fell. That's not how it works. It's hard to explain. It really is hard to explain. It's like you need to stack... uh... Like you might learn something from one person, you might read a book, you might take a course, you might try, 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 meet, meet another person, learn something, but you're stacking all this stuff into like knowledge and context and understanding. And that stack, like once you have enough information and you're pushing against like whatever your idea is long enough, it starts to work. But only once you have the full understanding uh, and only once like, I think that's what you're, what you're yeah. saying is like, and if you can get immersion it's like learning a language or like, uh, yeah, like That's learning. It's actually a really good way to think about it. But yeah, you need to be like businesses, kind of a language, right? And it you is. need to be immersed. And when I think of my, cause I had no college education. I yeah. didn't, I didn't come from rich parents. Nobody yeah. taught me anything. Yeah. Um, but I immersed myself yes. with you, Sam and Ron. And I didn't even like, I didn't really, I, you guys would just do stuff and then I, and tell me what to do. Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, I can help. Like yeah. I could, I could grasp the concept close enough. I think. Yeah. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to where I was like, I'm like, I could be useful here. And I think that's like, as an employee, yeah, you want to get paid, but, but you should be looking to learn. You should look to learn. And that's kind of yes. where I came in is like, I just wanted to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. You wanted to work for free. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, free, right. No, you wouldn't let me. Yeah. Um, but, but when you can come in with that and like the trade off is, is like, hopefully like if I'm, I think everyone's smart enough to learn something. Yeah. Like you can't, Maybe if you're completely naive and not paying attention, like for years, you won't learn anything. But, but um, I learned through proximity to just watching how you guys made decisions. I'm like observing, seeing how the business works. I'm like, okay, interesting. Uh, and I'm just learning, right? And now, you know, I was talking to an accountant. He's not my accountant, but he was um, this lady who I bought a seller finance building off of. It was his her accountant. And he was like, how did you make e-commerce and real estate work? And it's like, well, the business principle, because like normally you just see you're either an yes, econ guy or, or you're a real estate guy. Yeah. Um, but the principles of what I learned here in business, because you run storage like a business. Yeah. I, I like the P&L and margins is the same yeah. if it's storage or if it's yep. real estate yes. or um, e-commerce. But then I also understood the real estate side to where it's like it doesn't like a duplex to a hundred thousand square foot building. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. The math needs to work. Yes. Now, can you get the resources and the leverage to make your, thing, your idea work? That's different. Um, and so like the, the process of understanding is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it follows the same trend line. And if you can get in proximity to people that understand the trend lines and like, uh, the knowledge yeah. and you're smart enough to just try and learn, uh, I don't even think I was that smart. I think I was just like, like I just was coachable. I just wanted to be like, yeah, tell me. Oh yeah. You're one of the most coachable people I'd ever met. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the other thing, and I noticed this with, uh, um, people I meet now, cause you know, I'm hiring a lot of people or 
doing a lot of interviews, it's like, I think I was, I also, and I don't, this, this is going to be ironic, but the humility of to come in and like, no, I don't know. Yeah. Like that's, I, I notice it more, less and less in the yeah. people, like the younger generation. Yeah. It's more like, I, I got that. I, I can do it. I can do it. It's like, no, I don't even, I don't even want you to know. Yeah. Like just learn. Just wait. And see how fail and learn yeah. here. And you know, in a year you're going to be a beast because you're going to be in proximity to beasts. Yeah. Um, but being having the humility and like just being coachable and being like, all right, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Show me. And then in three years or six years or whatever, you just have, cause people want to teach people that are willing to learn. Yeah. Uh, it's, I heard I like the story about Sam Walton when he was starting Walmart and, um, competitors and people from other countries that were in their business, they would come to him to learn about how they created Walmart, right. And all the things they did and they walked away and people were like, so what'd you learn? And they're like, I don't think I learned anything because he just asked us questions the whole time. Right. Right. It's yeah. like he ends up interviewing them. Yeah. And he's pulling everything that he can out of it. He wants to learn. He genuinely curious. Yeah. Right. Like he actually really wants to, and he wants to see what's working and what's not. Right. I think he has that love for the process, totally. everything. He understands he can do, be better, and that he can glean stuff. And that is. I mean, you, you mentioned the two things, right? Is your ability to adapt and learn, um, which is outrageously important. Uh, and then also the, the proximity. This is, I think that's probably one of the most important things. It's the one thing that if you look at like wealth in the United States, there's this interesting thing that people view. They say wealthy uh, people that have wealthy parents right they do better than people that don't and you say yeah that's because they're given money but when you actually look at it less than 20 percent of wealthy uh uh people past, received past inheritance the it's the and, knowledge and yeah so out of the 20 percent that received inheritance that's up a hundred thousand like a hundred thousand dollars makes up the vast majority of the amount so they didn't get wealthy from the pass on, but they did get wealthy because of the proximity. They were hearing things. They were learning a different language, like yeah. you said, which is a really great way to do it. When I, when I was learning Portuguese, I read from books. I studied hours a day yeah. endlessly. And it was a nightmare for me. I could not learn it. And then I went into Brazil and I lived with the Brazilians. You learned it in a heartbeat. Learned it and you spoke it perfectly. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was that proximity. It, it, it's not the same. I got back and I would go speak with people that had masters in that language that would sit there and tell me how they had been studying it for 20 years. Right. And I would speak them and they were blown away. Yeah. They're like, how do you, how long have you been studying this? Are you from Brazil? And I'm like, oh no, but I lived there for two years. Like they'd been studying this, made it their life for 10 totally. times longer and they couldn't speak it as well. Well, we were, we were living it 24 seven. Yeah. And when you, that proximity, that language part, right? That you think it is true in business. You have conversations so much on the things that the people that you put yourself around, I spend 99% of my time around people 
that are investing, that are doing business. It yeah. dominates all my conversations, all my thought process. I like what I do. It's an art. It's a science. It's fun. I love the game of it. And that's just kind of my world, right? And so I think like you were mentioning, I, I forget that other people don't speak that language simply. Like, yeah. right? It's like you can speak it at a complex level, but most people don't e can't even get by in that well, language. And you have to learn, like, like you don't even need prox like proximity is great. But you but dude, gotta this learn it. Podcast thing though, like I think I remember when I got into real estate when I was like nineteen. I would I listen to every bigger pockets from like from like one to oh, oh this 300. is revolutionary because when I got yeah, in yeah. there wasn't anything there you was just no have to podcast learn from there was whoever's nothing. close yeah and I was lucky because I followed my dad in benefit sales right and so we were selling to corporations and we were looking at things like cash flow things like that. And that put me in proximity to business leaders 24 seven. Yeah. I was always selling them stuff. Right. And I got to see which ones created big companies and small ones, things like that. So I got that proximity because I didn't have this. Right. There was no podcast listening to people that were just sitting back like me and you are now just shooting the breeze about the things we're learning and doing and what we like about it. And that didn't exist. Like yeah. you had to be so intentional. Or go to, to Harvard fight. or go to something. Exactly. Yeah. Or you had to pay to play. I feel like that's kind of where, um, like you look at these, um, like wall street guys and like the private equity guys. And it's like, well, they went to Harvard, Stanford yep, and you know, all these like big name schools, but that's like the curriculum there is private equity yes, and finance and all these things. And it's no wonder, you know, that they're the success come like, Private equity is obviously a successful thing to do. There's this echelon of schools that teach it. Yeah. There's this echelon of people that alumni that recruit from these schools. It's like, it's totally built for that. Yes. I think social media has opened it up quite a bit. Yes. I think e-commerce, like for anybody to kind of get into, I mean, the knowledge is on YouTube. Like you'd have yeah. to build your own curriculum and try and try and try. And obviously, like, find forums and stuff. But, like, that's how I learned it. I just taught myself. I self-taught e-com yeah. to myself. Um, and at the scale that I'm doing e-com, there's not really... There's no... Nobody's teaching this scale. Like, the guy... Yeah. The, the million-dollar dropshipper is, like, it's not... That, that's not the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, like... Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, a good place to start. Yeah. So Don't buy the... I wouldn't buy the course. But, yeah. like, I would probably... That's what they're... That's how they're making their money. Um, but it's a good place to learn, hey, here's how I run Facebook ads. Here's how I build a brand. Here's... You know, you can figure it out. Um, but yeah, proximity, like it's, it's done on the internet and like it's right there. You just have to go. Yeah. I think it helps though because you like what you do. I like what I do. Yes. Like it's like cheating. Yes, it is. Because you're so screwed if you try to compete with somebody that loves what they do. Yeah, because they'll never stop. It doesn't no, yeah. matter. It's yeah, like. It's not work. No, yeah. it's not. It's. And I, you know, I think to be truly successful, that's one of the things that you mentioned that art part. People that do art, they do the, it's individualized and it's comes out of that passion or that liking. And you can see people in business where it is either just a science or just an art. And it's like, there's always something holding them back. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they can't well, get to their full yeah. capacity or anything. It's when the decisions mess it up too, like if you're like a, a mercenary instead of a missionary where it's like you, Hey, we're going to build this company and sell it. Yeah. And it's like. You're going to lose to the guy who just wants to win or who just yeah. wants not maybe not win, but just, Hey, I want to do this cause it's fun and I can do it forever. Yeah. Uh, 
And I feel like, like, I, I could be wrong. I don't know the guy, but like Phil Knight, I feel like that story is exemplified through him. Like, yes. Cause I think he still has total, he has full control or his family does at least. I think so. Yeah. And, and it's like, maybe they're public, but it's like, it's still his company. Yeah. And he's been doing it for like 45, 50 years. Yeah. And it's like, he, he could be doing nothing, but he's still him and his son still run the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to beat somebody. Yeah. That's like that. Yeah. Um, and has the resources at their disposal too. Yeah. A lot of people, it, it's a, it, it is a bridge to them. It, it's, they just want the money. So yeah, they, they just want freedom. the means. It's, it's something to get the means, yeah. right? It, like, but like for some people, it is the, the, the path is the means. Like it's, that is what the purpose is comes the, from. The yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And that is it, too, for me though, I think that that's like, that's real joy, right? You should like, I, I mean, at this point you don't have to work. I don't have to work, but we probably work more than the vast majority of everyone. Oh yeah. I work all the time. Exactly. But it's not work, but it's not work. Yeah. 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 And so you're right. It's hard. People are always like, are you on vacation? I'm like, dude, I'm on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I I know we, when we do go on vacation and And then you're like, I I need to go back. Tess. Yeah. We're like, I'm like, I need to go back. Tess is like, Hey, do you want to, uh, do you want to go take some calls? You want to go to a meeting? Cause she knows it'll calm me down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're getting antsy. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, you know, Dude, it's, well, it's, how do I, it probably sounds so like, uh, maybe not pretentious, but like when you say that, most, cause I remember when I was 18, yeah. if somebody said this, I'd be like, you live a horrible life. Well, it's, or, or it's just like, this guy's just saying that cause it, you yeah. know, whatever. But I'm like, I've worked so many crappy jobs. And it's like, not this one, I will say. Like, it was fun. It was yeah. fun working with you. Yeah. Um, but to be in a spot, and what I love is like building a company that people love to go to and work yes. at. Yeah. Um, but it's like, to do something where it's like fun, it makes an impact yeah. and it's cool. Uh, man, you, if you sold it, what do you do? What do you do? Like, okay, now, like, and I play this in my head, like, Cause people, uh, you know, funds will reach out or whoever yeah. people, p- people reach out and it's like, okay, if you ended up with, and this is just, if you're sitting, listening to this, it's like, do this. It's like, if you ended up with $30 million in your bank account tomorrow and you sold your business after that's, that's post-tax. So it's, you got $30 million and you had just been, maybe you, let's say you spent five or 10 years building this business, 15 years. Okay. Now what? And maybe some people have that answer where it's like, well, I'm going to go travel or I'm going to go, um, I'm going to put this money here, this money there. I'm on this house and I want to have these experiences. And then what? And somewhere down the, and then what? You're probably going to be like, ah, I need to be doing something. And I probably want to be doing what I was doing. Maybe you hate your business and you, it's a good time to sell or you're burnt out or whatever. But at some point the, and then what? is like there there because like you there's only so many houses you can have there's only yeah. so much stuff you can do um and maybe people don't want to do anything i but the people but that's that, not i've never seen it everyone no. that i've ever seen that sold their business that you know i hear got most that are miserable picture, they're Sorry, miserable. Most are miserable yeah they're miserable like they start out and it's amazing and they all say the same thing the first year it was awesome the second year was 
rough. And then it was by third year, they were like, I got to start something new. Yeah. I I, got to go and I got to work more than ever. And I think that's, you know, when you look at it, when people are like, you either work too much, right. Or, you know, isn't the point of being financially free? So I'm like, what, what that fire movement dude is so irritating to me. Oh, it's so irritating. Well, it's just like, Hey, how much I can retire on a million bucks and I can live on 25 grand a year. Cause I live this way. It's like, dude, like you're going to you ride re- your bike in circles around your well, house. And do you really like, want to do? do like, like the way of living is like, at least this is my thought process is like, I don't want to minimize my life to Mac to, to get the max out of it. Like, like there's no point in being a big fish in a super, super small pond. And like, yeah, you're comfortable, but you, your means are very little and you can't really do a whole lot. Like I'd rather risk it all and do fun stuff and do it with your friends um, and you know, like work to like, I work with my family, I work with my friends and I work with my work, my coworkers, yeah. like, but it all meshes. Right. Yeah. And if you have a good culture, like it can be a good time, like work needs to be done and it can be tedious at times and stressful. But, um, why like that fire movement is just like, let me just put money here and then I can not do anything. And it's like, it's about minimizing I, like what a waste of an opportunity to do all of it. And well, more. And and two, honestly, I mean, I guess this is like the old Idaho and farmer family. Like, you know, they get, it's just like, that is not what life's for. <laughs> like, no, no. And I'm I like, think that's my point. Like, right. Like a hundred percent. And like, dude, like, go, it's, like do it. Do, like you need to be doing more. And yeah. I'm like, you like, I still very strongly believe that individuals should be leaders. Yeah. And I believe that there is higher purpose. And then, you know, I believe that we need to in life work diligently to make our, not just our lives better, but just, so it's not like just minimizing it. Right. There's so much to contribute. Exactly. There's so much to contribute. How can you get satisfaction out of doing so little and, but you're like, but I don't have to have a boss or I don't have a job. I don't understand that. No, no. And until you're not learning, like there's just, you're not growing. Yeah. 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 That's a wasted life. I think when you're saying that, have you, have you ever read the book die with zero by Bill Perkins? No. So it's this book, um, Bill, he's like, uh, he's friends with like Dan Bilzerian and stuff. Um, but he was a, he was a hedge fund trader in like the nineties, made a lot of money and basically retired. But he wrote this book called die with zero, which is basically how to value, um, money, um, by age, right? Cause he, there's so many different points in the book. Um, I'll think of some, right? Like just some off the top of my head, but the one that sticks out is like when you're, and we're talking like to, to lead into this point, like talking about experiences and maximizing life. It's like when you're in your twenties, you could save like all the money you have so you can, you know, um, have the savings yeah. and you're working all the time. But he, he's like in your twenties, if you want to backpack Europe, backpack Europe, even if it's on debt, you know, be, be diligent about it and know what you're getting yourself into. But the maximization of life experience when you're doing it at 20 out of high school, haven't gone to college yet, or maybe post-college haven't gotten to the career yet. He's like that experience versus when you're 65 is a totally different experience. Yeah. And the value of the experience is worth so much more at that age. Yeah. And then, and he talks about like that in different stages of life, right? Like when you're 40 and you're, and you have kids, he's like, 
you're probably not going to be backpacking Europe. Yeah. And you're going to be wanting to saving money so you, so they can go to college, right? Another point he has is like, um, don't wait till you die to give money to your kids. Like if you're going to give the money. Yeah. And he's like, the money can help the your kids in phases of their life when you're alive. Yeah. And almost always like there becomes family contention when, yes. when you die. Yes. So like he's got like all these nuances of, of how to value experiences versus yeah. life. And, um, it's a good book. It was yeah. interesting. Cause it's like, my mentality has always been like reinvest, save, re- reinvest, reinvest. Yeah. But then you get to a point where it's like, and I wish I'd realized it before I got to the point where it's like, well, hold on. Why, why do I keep going when all I need and to sustain and continue to grow is there. Um, but I'm holding back on other aspects of my life just to kind of continue to push further. Yeah. Right. And you're almost like horse and jockeying yourself to get to the next yeah. thing. But you're, if you're going to die yeah. and like that book die with zero, it's like, go like yeah. do more stuff in life. Yeah. Um, cause people get so fixated. Like I want, I want 50 units and that produces this much cash flow. Yeah. I'm going to do nothing for the next six years till I get it. It's like, there's a better way to approach it. Way. I, I, if you ever heard the, the term, um, micro retirements. So Mm-mm. instead of retiring at 65, you do everything that you, everything that you <laughs> would want to do yeah. in retirement, you do it during your life. Yeah. So you break it up like, Oh, well I want to go to China or whatnot. Don't, when I retire, I'm going to go do, no, you just take a year it. off or something. So not even a year. They're like, you just do it when you're you living? go like a couple weeks. Oh, like, interesting. I mean, okay. Go down and, and, or, or a month. Right. How, how would they it's negotiate like, that with like their work? If they are a W2. Yeah. So there was, they had a whole bunch of strategies, strategies and uh, plans where they're like, you know, you can go do this. It was actually very complex to me. I'm like, right. just get financial freedom and then do it. You know, that yeah. was like my yeah. easiest way of doing it. But it, it, the idea of saying, okay, I am going to create the lifestyle. I think that actually got a lot more popular. Um, like COVID allowed people to move, but it shut everybody down. And then there was this weird period where it was like, the COVID rules all lifted, but yet everybody was still working remotely, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, every, people were traveling, they were having all these experiences, and now it's like everybody's, no, come back. What do right? you think about that? Um, which part? Like like the fact that like everyone's kind of pulling back on that remote thing. Oh, I, I, I thought it was like from the start, I'm like, enjoy what you can, but that's not going to ever last. Uh, it, it, to me, it seems like it's sustainable for a period of time, but I don't, I, not, I don't see how you do it in no. perpetuity. No, no, no. At no, scale. No, like, I, you I can do it with it five works. employees. The, the problem is, is they're missing a very vital piece. Now there are certain job functions and there's certain places for it and things that it actually works and it works into, I actually think there's certain instances in where it works better than having that person or that job role in the office. Right. So I'm not talking universal and everyone. No. Totally. But for the core, there's a core functionality of an organization that uh, organization that drives culture, and there is something different when you're working with other people to be not scheduled out. Like I just that art part, I do not believe that you can do it manufacture around. it in a way that says we are all going to meet together this time, and this is the time that we have to do this. Get on Zoom, you all. It, I just don't think it really works. And I think the vast majority of organizations like we're seeing now, they're all saying, no, you have to come back to the office because they were finding all the problems with that. I think they were not work was getting done. 
but it wasn't getting done in the same way. And I think you lost a lot of culture and I think it became much more about me, right? And I think that people in general like to be with other people. Yeah, I think it breaks up the day. It, it I agree with the culture part. Like I, we have everybody in house. Yeah, uh, there's not like one guy who's not, but he's never been. Like he yeah. started with me before I had employees like, as a contractor. Um, and I get that request a lot. Like, yeah. hey, can I do remote? And it's like, no. Like yeah. you miss the speed, you miss yes. the culture, you miss. Um, oh, how many things fun. do we have happen that it's like somebody we've had remote workers and they're like, well, I, I didn't hear about this. Yeah. And they, they're just not, you have to be like to it. in, um, like a really good, like there needs to be a PM that's running the process to the remote from the office. If it's going to happen. And now, like, maybe it's different though, too. Cause we're in growing organizations. Like maybe I think if in, it's like, I, I can't see it. No, but. I, I, I have a hard time, uh, seeing how it sustains, but I, I do know companies that do it and it seems to work for them. It's cool. Cause they don't have to pay the lease expenses and like, like yeah. the fixed expenses. Well, there's an economic benefit to yeah. it. Yeah. Like it, there is, I know that one of the major problems though, that they're having is people have really figure out how to game the system. So all of a sudden I'm working for job? Facebook, yeah, yeah. I'm working for Twitter and you're doing both jobs, getting paid full time both, but you're you're working them both in the same Honestly, day. I, I would you're just that. jumping. I would from try that. Screen. Everybody I would, would. I would try Why? that because all of a sudden you're saying I'm not ju- I'm not being worked for my time. I'm being worked for my output, and that's what that becomes. Yeah. Right? You gave me a job. I don't know if that person is either doing super good at their job, so they're spending one hour of time or not. And people are like, Yeah, but you're paying on the output. And I'm like, no, I'm paying for a person to be a part of my organization to help my organization grow. Yeah. When you come into our organization, if you get the thing that you were supposed to done, done, you go to that's the next awesome. thing. Come to the next thing yeah, now yeah, and yeah. help us grow. <laughs> Same. Right. It's like you're you're here not to just push papers. We're servicing I, our investors. We are here to build something to create something. Jump in and participate. I was just talking about that at the end of the day. We, uh, Fridays we do like an end of like 30, 45 minute end of day meeting. And I was explaining like, kind of like what we're like, what the, what the purpose is, what the longevity is. But then there's like this point of like empowerment and like the next thing that certain people, like for some reason they can go like, yeah, I'm going to do this task and then I'm going to do this task and I see this task. So I'm going to go do it. But then other people are just like, I got this task done. What else do I need? And like the other thing you miss in remote is like the culture that train, like teaches Yes. The younger employee. Yeah. Just hey, by proximity. Here's how observation. you provide. Yeah. And here's how you provide value. Here's how you skip. Here's how you um, level up your position so you can earn more. Here's how you, you know, work with other people uh, in yeah. teams. Um, Cause I'm, gr- I'm throwing teams together quickly. And then you got these like personalities, like trying to like feel each other out and work with each yeah. other. Um, you don't get that. And I think that's like a huge, huge skill. Huge. Uh, and it helps the, whole thing grow not it helps the person grow but it also helps the whole like whatever you're doing grow it also comes to jim collins book right um the good to great the good to great he talks about this uh it's like having the right people at the right seats of the bus but the, the thing that people forget about that is you hire the person and you put them in the right seat if we're not in a structure to where I can see and they can see different parts of the organization Mm. with fit I might not be I might miss an opportunity to say hey so true. I think you would do amazing in this role. You're helping this person Dude. out. You have great ideas and we can see it in real time. 
And all of a sudden you can move that person in that seat. They perform better. They're happier there. And it helps us excel more. Whereas if we're fragmented and they're in that seat and they're online, they're doing their one thing in their one department. We don't know that. Yeah. We had a, a guy in customer service and like, I'm pretty disconnected from when we're hiring. Like I'll, I'll see, I'll talk to the person, yeah. but I don't know their experience. Yeah. So we had this dude in customer service for like nine months and he's awesome. Solid beast. And we were unloading a container one day and I'm watching him unload this container. I, there's, you know, a containers, there's a lot of boxes in there, a thousand boxes. Yeah. We're all hands on to, to get it uh, done. And I'm watching him and like the the, the rate at which he's moving, the attitude, uh, the organization, and I was like, we're talking. I'm like, what, what'd you, what'd you do before this? It's like, oh, I was a warehouse manager for Winco for like 10 years. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm like, okay, walk over. I'm like, and now he's the warehouse manager. Yes. Um, but like just in like one observation. Yeah. Uh, and obviously I probably should have known that prior, but he was great at what he was doing. Yeah. Like, and you could be great at what you're doing and completely miss an opportunity that could be 100%. better for you. Yes. And you're not like, it's just literally like the guy who is a decision maker or who maybe somebody leaves and that spot's open and you don't know what they don't know. Yeah. People right are there. not robots. They have personalities. They have gifts. They have yeah. this and treating them like they're behind the screen. Their output is this. You, you show up, you do that. I just don't believe in that. No. And no. I don't think that's how good organizations are created. Um, and I think that the, it creates anxiety. It creates social tension. I don't believe communication is as good when it's not in person. Yeah. Um, now, once again, I think not saying we do have remote work. I do have this. That does happen, but not as a company as a whole. Right. Yeah. There's a time and a place for it. And when building, like even, even to when you're looking at building your own team out, um, I there is something different. If you're trying to create opportunity in general, going and meeting people shaking hands and they're going to remember you. They're going to remember you more. Like if I want to get, you know, a storage owner to sell to me and I go meet them and shake their hand and talk to them totally versus different. sending them, a, it's going to make a difference. And it does. I know because we've gotten storage facilities that way over people that had been talking to them for a long time and then are ticked. Why didn't they sell to him? They're like, yeah, I've been talking to you over the phone, but I know this guy. I know this guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. We met. It's, uh, it makes a difference. And I think in a world of internet too, if you're starting out, that's actually a great little tool to use. Totally. They can create opportunity, um, that is just not there. Right. And right now too, we've got a lot of opportunity because of COVID because we're high, we're getting people that moved here from other places and now they're, they're calling everybody back. Mm. And these executives are like, I don't want to go back there. So we're, we're getting them that yeah. work for Marriott and other places like that. We're, we're giving them jobs and they're coming to work for us for free. So we've been a big benefactor of the COVID whole lockdown, everything I yeah. think in our region where we live in general, but also as far as a talent pool, uh, it'll be really interesting in this post COVID world how right things settle growth yeah. everything else like that organizations are trying to adapt um layoffs are now starting i saw um, that what yeah. do you think about that what, what do you think i i, I guess what, what do you, what's your thoughts on that what do you think that like the top three two to three risks are for like what you're gonna see uh, i think 
layoffs are starting and will continue. So any anybody that has rotating capital, right? You're for, talking debt. Yeah, debt for operations, um, things like that. Uh, they're going to, people start cutting the fat, um, but you're going to start to see larger impacts. It, it takes a while to fill the impacts of debt and interest rate on, through all organization operations. Um, the labor market is so tight. Um, I, I may be wrong, but I think we're going to start to see that loosen up because the government, that's one of its goals. So they're trying to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm betting that they'll be successful. Like increasing the interest rates. Yeah. And it's trying to get that job market too tight. And if you have a rotating like lines on inventory or lines on ops and those rates are going up, your cost to operate goes up. Maybe you're making less sales. Yeah. It's like a ripple effect of like, okay, my stuff costs more. Slows down. Yeah. And people invest and they use debt to grow and that capital comes in and you have to hire for growth. Well, if I'm looking out and saying, I have these teams, whether these are sales teams, whether all these things that were predicated on us growing at a certain rate and it's no longer going to happen, you I should. can't pay you. You got to go because that wasn't calculated How do you in avoid for that? the revenue. Oh, geez. That's a tough one. Uh, it, it, so you're talking about like the difference between growing, like, so how I look at it is it's, it's, it's hard because are you missing opportunity because you're not investing in people fast enough and not growing or is something broken? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Like, well, okay. So yeah. So am I, am I not investing in people and bringing people on and that's creating the fact that I'm not growing or are you not growing because you're not bringing enough people on? Right. Well, it's almost like the, the horse and the buggy thing. Yeah. But you kind of know, well, okay how I look at that. I know certain people aren't going to make money in the business, yeah. right? Like yes. they, they're more facilitation maintenance management, yeah. um, admin, the more yeah. cost center driven things, not revenue centric, but items. that should either speed up or free up more. Like, so, uh, an example of this is like, I just hired HR. Yeah. The whole intention was, I shouldn't be doing HR. I should be yes. growing yeah. the business. That frees up your time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't, I don't need HR to your point. Yes. But if I'm looking at like where all my time's going, you need it to grow. Right. Yep. And, but like, how do you temper? This is one of the major reasons that people don't grow when they first get started because the income is paying for them. And if I hire somebody, I'm losing that income. Right. But they can't get to where they want to go because they don't have hire someone, somebody, right? Chicken and egg kind of thing. And it, when you start growing, you realize it's this idea of activities that are needed to grow. You can either have somebody do the activities to free you up to do it, or you have to hire somebody to do those activities. Yeah. What I did is I grew it with a job to the point where it could pay me what I was making. I could buy more stuff. It was like, it was, I, yeah. I overkilled it. Yeah. Um, but then when I started to hire, I just looked at where my time was going and it was ops and e-com. Yeah. Like, so like fulfill, fulfillment of the orders, customer service yeah. systems, and then, you know, website, uh, email, you know, like these things. And so I just, those were my first two guys. Yeah. Um, and then when those two guys came up, I'm like, okay, well, what, what else do I need to do? It's like, okay, well, advertising and product design, fill those two seats. And then you kind of build this like chart out, right? Do you build it before revenue? Or, no. So as your revenue no, that's is that's not growing? how I do it. Okay. So I, I would do it. do it like, uh, I'm just going to 
destroy myself to get the revenue. Yes. And then I'll backfill it. That's how I am. Yeah. Well, because like people that do it before the revenue either start up with money. Yes. Um, or they're dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm joking, but yeah. like, like, I don't yeah, know how you, you're talking like Russell Brunson's whole, whole idea of like, you're not VC backed. Right. So start with the revenue. So like I'm a you revenue. Can't, you can't not. How else yeah. are you going to? Exactly. So I'm a revenue centric. And so I'm not going to go out and take debt or get investors. No, you got to make I'm it going work to get revenue. And then I'm bringing people in and, and I'm not going to take it and distribute it to myself and go buy a Lambo exactly. and flex on chop um, yes. YouTube videos. Yes. I'm going to hire that next guy, hire the next guy, hire the next guy. And it guy. makes you sensitive to the revenue within your organization where I think a lot oh. of people that get backed or they, they just, have no clue what they're doing. They don't. It's they get they they spend it. They waste capital. Bro, Their I, margins aren't uh, what they were even thinking they were. Totally. They get I, lost. I see that more than anything. And I 100 percent. Dude, you don't even have to show me my PL. Like I know it daily. If I look at the numbers, I know how much we spend on ads. I know how much our product cost. I know why it's spent there. I know what I'm trying to do. I know what each person costs. But that's because it, it when I started. It was just me and I had to live on them. And most people have no idea what their numbers are. They have yeah, no clue. No clue. Um, or they get a report every week or month or something. And that's what they're looking at. It's like, can you make decisions in real time off a, a report that's yeah. a month old? Yeah. Um, like for us looking, it's like, okay, I know exactly how much. Um, so in our pipeline, X is coming. We know the time frames. I know when that money's going to hit. I know what that means. I know our goals and and uh objectives are and two i know exactly that break even like yeah. we don't hit this point right here we're gonna have an issue um you're just much you're in, you're not pulling from a piggy bank right yeah and if you can minimize debt and like vc funding it's like well the fundamentals of your business work like like mine do um and there are risks right like yeah depending on the sales platform or like if you run facebook ads the facebook ads might not work or if you're on Shopify, maybe Shopify doesn't like you selling gun like gun parts, so you need to switch to be com- like. There's things that can happen. Yeah. But if you understand how it all works, it's like, well, then how how do I get horizontal to mitigate risk? Like horizontal is in like just diversified. Yeah. Or um, is this something I want to be doing this long? Like you got to figure out what your game plan is. Well, you you can add on though too. A lot of people don't. So they get too stuck in that product or service that they're delivering, right? When If I wanted to build something out in a part of our business, and I'll share an easy example with this. So, okay, I need to get investors, right? Um, we want to get investors to do this, but in order to get investors, I need to, uh, or I need to get capital from other people. I can either do institutional or investors. Institution they come, I'm basically working for these guys. It, it's it's not good. I don't want them to give me capital to go invest because I, I don't do this for institutions. I do it for individuals. Well, if I want individuals, I need to pay for ads and I need people to come in and manage it. And I thought, okay, well, instead, why don't we do this? Um, I'll start doing free marketing, things like that. We'll start gaining some momentum. And then I'll add in things to start to pay for that services that pays me to grow. So then I started like my inner circle and the circle. Then we started things where I'm like, come join our communities, right? That you can do. We did started doing ads on the podcast. That all is fueling my center business because it's inserting all our investors, all our lead funnels, everything else. And people are like, well, that's not a lot. And well, I'd spend like 
um, 80,000 a month on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, but that's not coming out of my business funds. It's all paid for organically from the sources that I'm producing. Right. So like we were talking about earlier, well, okay, we have a negative position in our business, which is the architecture, right? Well, we're looking at the spreads on what we're paying versus not. So instead we're going to build out an architecture firm. We're pulling in those revenues. We can use that then to offset our costs in the overall deal. So all of a sudden we're taking uh, loss centers and creating profit centers. Mm-hmm. And it helps you magnify, not just because you're making a profit, right? But then we have control. So now I have control of the output to investors. I have control over our messaging and I can crank that up and down when we need to. We have a project, it's on our time, it's on our terms. We have more control of the capital, it's cheaper, it's been paid for. I don't have to then go and take a big chunk of money to try to obtain it that comes out of business operations, right? Yeah. Now, every, okay, that's harder. Yeah, you're right. It's Friday night at seven o'clock and me and you are sitting here talking, yeah. right? But it's at the same time though, I have a healthy organization that I don't have to give up control on mm-hmm. and I have no operational debt at all. All I have is fixed debt on commercial assets that's being paid for by well, the assets. Where would op debt go to? Like, are you saying like to function like the, yeah. business, like the pay yeah, payroll? Most people will take on like debt to pay payroll and really? to do short term debt. That's very common and that's very dangerous. I think we carry debt, but it's with our suppliers. Yeah. On inventory that we inventory. have. Inventory. Yeah. Yeah. We inventory. Have yep. And sh- like that bridge stuff on inventory to sell for the products. Yeah. But not like a, a people to, that are in here. We don't know no. salaries. You shouldn't like have somebody, if you can't afford their salary, you shouldn't have them. All. You shouldn't have them. But a lot of people will take out debt to, because that person coming in will help them grow. So that's what I'm talking. Like, instead of doing that, see that, what did I do? I, I did those things with like self storage income and this podcast. Everything. I have four people that work under those things right? that allow us that I get paid for to do the functions. So I had to be creative in order to grow without mm-hmm. losing that money and taking it out. But I, I think that's what more nimble entrepreneurship businesses do. And then it allows us to scale like we have, which was not, would not be possible if you were someone else, because when you don't have control over your main sources, right? You don't have control over that, incoming capital for projects yeah you don't have control over all those different things just like you when money tightens when other people are are failing they've got this back like we've talked about how even big companies in your space and things all of a sudden you're finding out they're in trouble why yeah, it, because it, it was built wrong it's mind-blowing to me that you can run negative 400k a month and just be cruising and i'm like i'd be out of business yeah if i was running negative 400k a month for a year it's crazy. Um, but like these people, would, I mean, you can sell equity. You could do all these things to keep generating cash. But it's like, should you be generating cash if your business doesn't work anymore? Yeah. Like that's, I've seen, I've yeah. seen PLs that look like that. And I'm like, like you hear these stories of people going under and failing. And I'm like, how are they doing that? And it's like, oh, well, uh, just a constant uh, river of poor decision making. And uh, for everybody listening, most people aren't going to be, they're more like in our positions. They're not VC backed. They're no, not yeah. having all the stuff. And they think that successful companies are done by that. They're, they're not. Well, it's not how you did it, right? That's yeah. not how we do it. It's not. It's incremental growth off revenue that is compounded. And we figure out ways to generate revenue, right? Yeah. You were trying one way. It didn't work. So you added in other products or services. You would 
you would fail quickly, fail fast, you would lean in, and then capital that you received off product, you would reinvest, right, to test, but you weren't going out and taking debt to try to accelerate it until it was already proven. Yeah, no, and it's like, that's so slow and like hard when you start, because you have like maybe 10K and you're gonna order one product and you're gonna make 80 bucks a day if you're lucky. And it's going to maybe get up to 150 before you need to drop another 10 K that you'll have saved in three months. Like that's how my first like six months went. Yeah. Um, and I think it took me like five years to get 10 products built out. Yeah. Uh, that's 10 products, not like SKUs, but, um, and now what I'm trying to do is like, okay, 10 products, 10 SKUs. And I think we sell maybe, we have like, uh, when you talk about SKUs and sizing and color, like it's probably around 1200. Um, but only on products, it's probably like maybe a hundred, probably under a hundred, maybe like yeah. 80. Um, and like the new thing that I'm trying to do, it's not new. I'm just changing how I'm doing it is like, instead of doing one product at a time, let's go make 20. Cause like the way I've always done it is yeah. I just have like, Hey, I have this bit of money. Yes. Uh, let me just turn it into one product, but it's like, no, this, the scale and the leverage change. But now you're doing how much revenue? Yeah. It's, it's a lot. A lot. So yeah, and you can go. And it's like, if, if, but the, but the processes haven't evolved. And as long as the fundamentals work, like the numbers and margins and everything works, it's like, let's go do those eight, 15, 25 products. And I don't know what that does to the operating expenses. Um, but it should be relative, like there shouldn't be an incremental, like it shouldn't mat like the OPEX increase should not match what the revenue increase from those 15 products being built is. Yes. Um, and like, that's really where you can hit scale. Like that's, that's how you pu- pull that lever and double. Um, and I think that's, that's just like the, the strategy or the rational, like being rational and strategic around, like, let's not take on debt. Let's just grow off our free cash flow. Let's be strategic. Let's double down on what works. Everyone tries to do all these fancy things. And it's like, yeah. I'll just keep doing, the same yes. thing over and over, over and over for 20 years. And figure out and how to do it better. Yeah. And it's, it's okay if it's slow. No, literally 1% better every yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Incremental. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, geez, dude, I've been doing this for now, like 20 years. Yeah. Like it's kind yeah, of you're crazy. old. I'm old. I'm just like I'm old as this dinosaur here. Yeah. It's like old. And like, seriously. Yeah. Brock likes to give me a hard time. Yeah. He's like, a you child. set that one up. He's a child. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it, it does. It takes time. But two, I think with this, one of the things that is very different and I found it in my space and I think your space as well. Um, people that jumpstart and everything. It's not that it's bad. If you have that grade, go for it and stuff, but you can definitely see a difference in their education and their understanding of those core businesses. And I'm telling you, you leverage your knowledge of the inner workings of your business at scale, and it makes you grow better and faster. Mm-hmm. You're not disconnected with the organization, right? You understand when things get out of control. So I, I think in how many of the Fortune 500 companies, like the biggest companies in the world, were like started 20, out of a recession? Yeah, that. But what's interesting is like if you look at the Fortune 500 from like uh, 20 years ago yeah. versus today, yeah. there's only like 20 left. Yeah, it's shocking. So that cycle turns quick. Yes. Um, but but I think it was like it, like ninety percent started out of recession. Yeah, out of recession. I, I know it's some crazy number. Yeah, and it like I 
I've mentioned this quote before, but there was, uh, I was consulting on a business, a really big one, um, on their health benefits. And they had a quote when you walked in the door and it said, uh, the biggest companies aren't the most innovative. They're not, um, the most well capitalized. They're not, they're the ones that survive. And it's true. And so with the things that you can't control in the economy, right? Don't set yourself up for when the things that you can't control turn on you, they stop you and from growing and from progressing. It's not to get a quick hit win, everybody. It's to be successful over the long term. Now, you get fundamentals, you start growing, and then you can do things like insert outside capital, leverage, things like that to really help spur your growth, right? But don't try to skip steps. I just, I'm totally... against that um it's dangerous if you're utilizing other people's money it's really dangerous if you're using debt um and you definitely don't want to the the whole idea between becoming by being successful is that you're happy doing day-to-day what you something you love to do it's a profitable venture that's helping you and other people and you become financially independent right taking on debt can have the opposite effect effect of that yeah, you're living in in a gun sight. perpetually freaked out, yeah. and like that's just yeah, totally avoid. Or at least making sure, like I have tons of debt, but it's like also I do too. It's all on real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. like I didn't buy it crazy high, but I bought it in good areas. Like all your assets are in great areas, and bought it right. Yeah, you know, and like not you not setting up the formation of the debt so it's bad, right? And so you're worried about it. Like I don't worry about my debt when I go to sleep. Yeah, because it's locked in for when you and you're good at what you do. Yeah, I don't right? need like, to worry about it. That's uh, I think the people that are going to be like everyone's talking about the recession. And it's like, well, are we in? I think we've been in it. I think we probably yeah. Um, I think we have. And I I just don't see like if you're good at what you're doing, and you didn't make bad decisions, like in terms of like. The floating debt rates or like um, over hiring with debt or like doing these things that are just like, why would you do that in a normal environment? Yeah. Um, if you didn't do that, I feel like, and I don't know, I can't well, see. It's but easy to do it when you don't think things will change. Go, go bad. So it's like debt, debt and these risky things work really, really well if everything stays the same. If it's good. Because you're projecting it off currently today and what happened over the last six yeah. months. Well, if we do this and insert this debt or take on these investors and we collateralize this or we hire all these people, as long as everything that's happened in the past continues to happen, because that's how we're placing the debt, the people and everything else, it actually explodes our growth. Wow, that's tempting. I mean, that is really tempting yeah. because you can see when you spreadsheet it, you can see when you look at the numbers I could be making that much yeah. in a year from now if I do that, yeah. right? And that's where people get trapped. Yeah, and I think that, uh, man, it's so weird to think. Like, I, I don't think that way. Like yeah, that, I, I try to put myself in that shoes because I'm, I'm so paranoid. I'm like, where is yeah. this going to go wrong? Yeah. Like, I'm always asking, like, trying to figure out where where is a gap that I could mess up. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the people that are just, like, bliss, like yeah, ignorance just, is bliss and just riding it out. Yeah. It's got to feel good. It's got to feel good until it doesn't until everything crashes. It's a very extreme. You're very, very happy. Well, and then very, very sad. Where do you think like run me through like the next 12 months? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, geez. Or 18 Dude. months. Um, I think 
you know, I, I've been saying for a while and I still believe we're in a stagflation. Um, and I think we're meaning like define that like, so stagflation, high interest rates, and um, it's not going high inflation, inflation, there's the economy's just this messy, not happy place. It's not tanking. It's questionable if it's even growing. It's just a bad spot. Right. Um, and I think that might slug on for a while. Mm. And I think it is on the premises of going though the other way. So Bad yeah, the, it's like, it's on the premises. If they, it, they can really screw things up at this point. Right. How do you mean? So either you have inflation go higher and you run into more of like the seventies and eighties, or you run into a deflationary mode where people start ditching assets and they start trying to sell everything. Um, and that's the economy tanks. Mm. And then you have, you're running after it, trying to fix it. Right. Then you're trying to throw money at it. You're trying to make it work, but you still have inflation. It, it, that's kind of like a death sentence because how do you cure deflation? Right. So it's, I, I think it's 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 a very nerve-wracking situation to be in because they've had such little effect. The economy is doing weird things as far as labor pool, uh, labor markets, everything else being tight. You're, you're getting pay increases all the time and interest rates are already really high. Um, and they're trying not to kill the patient, right? So it's not a good spot to be in. They want to be able to cure inflation without just destroying the economy. And the question is, can they do it? Can they really get it? I, I, I think they can. I think they're trying to do it slowly and it's going to drag on and it's going to be painful. Um, but I think that's going to lead to social problems because everyone's going to have this mass anxiety and be so unhappy. And we're rolling into an election period next year and that's where I start to get very nervous because you're going to go on years of a bad economy. And you think it's that long? I, yeah, I, I you think, think rates for, are like 10, for sure 12? next year. I don't, like, I don't see next year the no. kind of be going, going good. And so then we're going to go into the election and all of a sudden you're sitting here going, people are just not happy. Yeah. And that's not what you want in an election like this one coming up. Who do you think wins? Oh, dude, I have no idea. But but you think it'll swing? So well, the current election right now for the House and the Senate, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. I think I think it swings. I think the Republicans uh, take back um, Congress for sure, and I think they have a shot at taking back the Senate, yeah. which I didn't think they had a shot just a little while ago. Um, I think we see a swing because there people sure. they don't like this, so they go to this, and yes, then they don't like exactly. this, and they go to then that, they go to that, and it seems like it gets more and more extreme each time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty. And we're already in pre-voting, yeah. Um, and I think you're they're, I mean they're they're kind of shocked by some of the numbers. Yeah. Um, it looked like Democrats towards the end of summer uh, took more of a hold, mm. but they've clearly lost all the ground and everything. So I think it will. I think it'll um, swing that way. Uh, what does that mean for real estate? Okay, so you know, real estate. The big things affecting real estate is depreciation. So we got we're losing the depreciation. The accelerated, yeah, the accelerated depreciation. Oh, we're losing like twenty percent, goes down to eighty percent. Yeah, know, sucks. 
Um, <laughs> and then it, it, it'll keep going unless they stop it, which they will. Um, you think they'll keep it? So how it works and it tapers any, out through 2027 any, yeah, by yeah, 20%. Exactly. Um, but they'll move. They'll do something to stop it so it doesn't fully taper out. You think? I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think they won't let it go completely away. Um, where, who knows? Um, but I think you're going to have a diminishing returns on real estate. So if you're not doing like... Because of debt cost? Yeah. Well, debt cost in two, we've been through such a hyper growth in rents. Mm. So think about what rents have done since 2015. Doubled. It's shocking. Maybe even tripled in Boise. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I mean... I mean, every year, just up, 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 up for years and years and years. And now you have inflation. You've tapped consumers out. Yeah. So you're going to start to hit a problem, which is very frightening because we do not have housing inventory. So when you're looking at rents, things like that, that's it's a complex real estate problem with housing and the market with debt being this high, but it's still being so tight. People need somewhere to live. Um, So these are weird issues. Right, it's usually very clear, and we've almost—it's either a bubble, yeah. it's not. Yeah. You either have too much inventory, right? So the supply-demand issues are very, very simple. All right, we have more demand. Well, then we'll build supply, right? We have too much supply, so demand's going to fall. We're going to not build anymore. Well, right now we can't build because the costs are so high, but yet demand is really, really high. Um, and so I think rents will remain high and strong. I just don't think they're going to grow like they did mm. because it, it, I mean, well, I look at the Boise luxury housing, like I'm just looking at the prices and it's just like cutting. Like, I know that's, that's not like commercial, but like, yeah, I, I think residential oh, residential is going to yeah. tank. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's cause they, to your point, they just doubled so quickly. Yeah. It, it's it like, was it's, out of control. It's probably going to come back. Like, but who, who knows where it sinks yeah, to? The, the, the increase was a direct reflect of the money supply being increased by the government. Yeah. The money supply is now being taken away by the government. Of course, it's going to go the other direction. Yeah. Because I think a huge percentage of the increase had nothing to do except $4 trillion that went in. Yeah. They're trying to get that money back out. Right. right. That's how you lower inflation. You got to get the money supply down. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think it's you're going to have a softening. I don't think we're having a collapse in any way, shape or I don't, form. I can't see it either. It's there's I mean, people need homes. And you have to adjust because of the cost of interest at the price. But we aren't in like 2008 where the supply was so out of whack to demand. That does not exist right now. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Well, and I've never seen a... The the media never really calls the recession is right, right? They've never historically called the recession. Um, But something's going to happen. Something's got to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, GDP is definitely, I, you think that it just, it's going to grind to a halt. Like it's kind of slow. I think so. I think it's, it's going to slowly grind. I'm surprised it hasn't happened. And I'm really wondering if by the end of the year it does that the, that we start to see layoffs. And I think, honestly, I think everybody's shocked. I think the, well, I, we know the Fed is because they said it is like, what the heck's going on we you know double interest rates and people still are getting jobs and they're getting pay increases um and so i mean but like 
You you mean in the businesses that are too bloated? Because like I we we don't we I don't think we do layoffs. Like I like when I look at my my stuff, it's like I'm I'm straight. Yeah, just from the slowdown of the economy. So you know, as the whole point of increasing rates is that the money supply goes away. As money supply goes away, demand across the board should slow down. So you should start to see mm. businesses that see lower demand. They're just like, oh, well, we're not growing as much. So we'll start laying people off. Interesting. So it's not like you should see a huge spike, but you should start to see gradual, just incremental upticks, right? Well, okay, we're not building as much. Okay, we're not doing as much. Why? Because we can't, because you can't get the money to do it. Right. So instead, we're not going to invest in that new plant. Why? Because I can't borrow, a you know, $100 million at this level. Well, that's thousands of jobs that we're no longer to go to that. Because people are like putting off projects. They, the, the economy just stops and then the jobs start, uh, layoffs start going up. Because, right. So people are just generally unemployed. You see seasonal workers no longer have jobs, right? People stop traveling as much because you're in a recession. I have noticed though, and it could be that we have a great HR person, but it's been a lot easier to get candidates. A lot easier. In yes. the last two months. Yes, I have, months. I, I've noticed that too. Really? Yeah. It, like the beginning of the summer was way worse. Dude, and it was brutal. Bad. It was uh, really like bad. 12, like six yeah. to nine months ago, 100%. I couldn't hire somebody. It was so bad. And maybe, I, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But we we had a process fleshed out. We like couldn't get an applicant. Yeah. Um, and I now also it's, think people it's, are getting nervous and that's driving people back to uh, the labor pool. Interesting. I think there was a lot of people. We had so much savings. People were comfortable. Um, it depends on your location where you're at. So like for us here you had a lot of people that were selling their homes and moving up here and they had a lot of cash on hand i mean like we had neighbors that moved up here bought a house in cash well what are you going to do i don't know we'll take a year to figure it out because they sold their house for so much money they could do that right. and have cash they didn't need to work so they were going to figure it out right. right can't do that now can't do that now and yep. people are nervous and so they're wanting to get to work this is why like i think um you need to like if you're trying to make it happen or or you're making it happen and doing your own thing. It's like, keep your fixed expenses low. Yes. And like, always you just like, cause you know, your business can, can, um, uh, you know, fluctuate, fluctuate and move yep. with, with what's going on. Um, but if you're not like, Oh my God, like I need to have this outcome cause my overhead's here and I can't live here. Like, you know, if you get yourself in a position where your car payment's a thousand bucks, your mortgage yeah. is 11 grand, your food bills three grand a month and that you're, you got a fixed overhead of 20, 20 K a month and you're making 50 K a month in your business. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you should be living on a thousand bucks a month Yes. or two grand, three grand, uh, whatever, whatever's conservative. Yeah. Cause when like time comes like this, it's like opportunities are going to spring up, but also just to insulate from what could happen. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, if I know people that have dual incomes and um, they use those dual incomes to buy more. And they have nice houses and they have nice cars. And that's great. But I'm like, what a missed opportunity. I mean, could you imagine if you had a spouse that made full income and then you made full income? And you could save half. If you could save half of it to invest? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a life it, hack. Well, like that's for anybody. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Now they not, may go, well, I can't live in the nice, the house that I want to. I can't don't. have the cars that I want to. Why do you need what you want? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. You don't need it. Get yourself in a position and, and in five years you have everything you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you have everything that you want and you don't have to work 
to have those things. Totally. You can have your money working for you. I th- Man, it's so it's like the simple stuff that people miss. It is. Up. It's the simple stuff because a lot of people don't understand that the simple stuff is what breeds opportunity. Totally. If you if you don't have an opportunity to do things, then the opportunity doesn't matter. So on that note, like um, the I have this. I bought the building that I'm that we're in. Yeah. And then there's this lot behind it. I was I called you about it like probably six months ago. Yes. Uh, but that that was supposed to be built by this this local business. They were building a hundred twenty thousand square foot warehouse right behind my building. Um, you know, it's going to be a huge. They were using my easement to access the lot. It's like a pain in the butt. And then, lo and behold, economy's slowing down a little bit. They're not as profitable as they'd like to be, and they're like, "Hey, we need to sell this thing." Uh, they, so they they had the project done, basically almost done, um, and like talking about being prepared for opportunity. It's like, well, I keep so much of the cash in the business and I'm just like just conservative, but it's like that opportunity comes up. And if I'm playing like a five-year game, well, I'd have to move in five to 10 years. But if I have another building right behind it, prepped the lot ready, it's like, well, that's there. Now, if my fixed overhead's crazy um, on my personal life or I'm pulling money out of the business or doing some bad decision-making, I can't go buy the lot, right? I mean, you could get investors and stuff, but then they kind of own the building. Um, but you know, just being conservative, like something, something pops up. It's never something you expect. Never. Um, and it's something that you normally would probably be like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but like those opportunities, like it's weird. Cause like, um, those things happen to me more often than not. Yeah. But it's like, it's cause my more, like my total fixed expenses is like less than 1% of my income. And it's because I'm, I'm, but it's also, I'm fine with that. It's yeah. not like I need to be in a multi-million dollar house driving all like yeah. crazy cars and doing all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm good. And I like what, what you're doing. People I, just have I've this. I've never, I've never with my house, my cars, everything like that. I've never had debt, personal debt ever. That was more than the cash that I had sitting in a bank account. Yeah. And that's obviously not reasonable for people starting out. I'm not saying you need to have that or whatever. But you don't need to go buy but a crazy we house. very hard to get to that point. Yeah. So we saved tons of money. Yeah. And it's way more conservative than I think you need to be, things like that. But I don't live in a conservative house. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I want to say that right up front. So like, it, it, I'm not, well, if I'm going to live that scale. way, I want to make sure that I'm doing it conservative. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't need to have that house, but I, it's my way of mentally checking that I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. When, and it's, it's my own way of keeping me in check. Right. And, um, I'm not saying anybody else needs to do that and that, but it talking about guiding principles that allow you to say, cause people say, well, am I, ha- do I have too much or do I have too list? Okay. First of all, I have no, I just want to make sure I have opportunities. So we've talked about this a lot. My personal consumption, I never want to stop opportunity. So if I can consume, and still have opportunity. Do it. Do it. Doesn't bother me. Yeah. Right. So, it, but if the moment my personal consumption stops my opportunities and stops my ability to grow or whatever put me in danger, I've crossed a line. Totally. So if I can live life and I have kids and I can save every month money and I can invest and I can create opportunities for myself, then that's fine. That's great. Right. Now, for people and individuals that say, listen, I'm barely making it, I'm meaning job, and I don't live nice. I don't have these things. That is a totally different conversation that we're not talking about here, okay? 
That is totally different. That is about increasing your opportunities and income. You need to get income increase, side hustles, right? You need to do like you did. You worked full time and then you worked afterwards, right? To try to increase that income and to build it up. So don't, before somebody comes at me and well, some incremental. DM or something. Yeah, no, it's incremental. Like, cause I wasn't in the position I'm in today, but it's like, I worked a job and then. Yeah, me and my wife have been doing that since we were 20 one yeah yeah well it's it's like, like we didn't time. have a house we just saved she worked her job i i worked mine we saved all of her, her money income. and we you know grew up so it's like it's incremental like you said it, it didn't just happen that way it was yeah. years and years and years stacked yeah and if you look at your like your biggest expenses which is a car and a, a house it's like if you could buy a house and rent the rooms to roommates now you save the money you would be paying uh you know what, what aerials Aerials? Yeah, Cameron Ariel. Yeah. Sorry, uh-huh. Cameron, if you hear about this, I hope you don't mind that I'm talking about. You. They house hacked. Yeah. And um Oh, they ha- the house hacked the big house? Did you yeah. tell me about this? Yeah, yeah. You told me about this. <laughs> Crazy. He's got this huge, beautiful house. Yeah. They've got Isn't it like a massive six one? kids. Yeah, yeah. And they house hacked this gorgeous, nice house. Yeah. And totally pays for it. Yeah. And but that's a great way it's to start. Like amazing. Because some people might not be married or you know, but maybe they married and six kids. Yeah. But maybe the income doesn't make sense, but a house hack is a great way to, you know, now I'm, now I'm pocketing 500 to a thousand bucks a month off a house hack, or maybe I'm just break even and I can keep saving my money. Uh, and like, it's just incremental. Like that's how I started. I was making, I was working here. Um, and I house hacked and then I waited two years and I refinanced that house hack, bought another house hack. So now I got income off that one income off that one. I got the business going and I'm working for you. So I got four, yeah. right? And eventually the business started going, which allowed me to get more bank loans. So it's like, I wouldn't know that when I started, but you just make one step. Okay, this is better than where I was. Next step, this is better than where I was. And that's just, you keep doing that until probably when you can be in the positions where it's like you have the cash in the bank to pay for the house and stuff. It's so, you're so far beyond um, like it'll scale so much that it's like, no, yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, because your, your normal assets or whatever you, maybe you sold your business, whatever's going on is covering those things. But it, that's like a five, 10, 20, 25. Like if you get lucky, it's five, probably more like a 10 to 20 year time horizon. If you get the right process in place. Yeah. I, I exactly. That thinking and that process is what makes it work. Right. And delaying short-term gratification. Yes, exactly. Always 24 seven. Like it's, that is the best, most important skill that you can have. And if you can do that, and then you have the ability to have intellect, to study, put yourselves in the right position and get in situations where opportunities can come up, Mm -hmm. then you can take advantage of those opportunities. So it's about creating putting yourself in positions of opportunity, but creating a lifestyle in which you can take advantage of those opportunities. And that is, it, it, it's so simple to say, but it's not You're like, you got to work at it. You got to be conscientious of it. You've got to actively be going out. You've got to actively be meeting with people. You got to change your habits, who you're hanging out with, how you're thinking about things, right? It, it's a lifestyle change. Yeah, It really is. But I also think like, uh, what your thing might be is probably the thing that uh, 
is like your core competent. Like you have like an area of like where you're good. Like you, you get, you had like insurance mm-hmm. and you were sa- it's sales. Like yeah, so. AJ's an extraordinary salesman. Like people <laughs> like you don't display that a ton or talk about yeah. it. Uh, but so is Ron. Like I've watched Ron yeah. like destroy. I watched Ron destroy a used car salesman once. Cause it was, you could see the caliber of salesmen. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, man, you're not even, it was a different universe. I've never seen yeah. anything like that. Um, but like sales, right. Yeah. And, and then real estate. And for me, it was like, well, I, I tried, like, I even like, I barely tried, but it's like, that's a total realm. I'm not like a B2B sales. Like yeah. that's, that's a, that's a skill. Yeah. Um, but e-com was, I could get it. I understood it. Yeah. And that was my thing. And like, you know, being in proximity, but you probably ha- like everybody has a skill that, yeah. that they're nuanced to, yeah. and they probably have an interest that they're nuanced to. And it's probably a, a merging of those things, like interests, filling a need and like your, your core skills, you might be a great writer and you might love X topic. You can figure out some like triangulation of what you should be doing. Dude, I'm shocked. I'll meet people and I'm like, dude, if I had your skill. Yeah. What I could do. Like, <laughs> I'm just they, like, like, holy oh, oh, cow. <laughs> a great example of this is like, uh, I was telling my sister this. I'm like, if we ever lost everything, uh, cause, cause I am, I, I have the art of it yeah. and, I, but I'm more of the science, mm-hmm. but my sister's extremely creative. She's an yeah. artist, right? Uh, if we ever lost everything, like and she draw, she makes our tech packs. She's legit at making products. Like whatever, whatever you want to make, we can, we can make it. Yeah. And like, like if I have her to make the product and like do the art, I can put the skill together. So if it, if it ever came to like, we're back in a, in a trailer, it's like, let's sit here and we can get ourselves out. Yeah. And it's like, but we've honed the skills and we're yes. still, she's still like, she's only been doing it for like two years. Yeah. Um, but like once you can kind of be like, Oh, this is my thing. And, and I and, love and it. Your thing that you just mentioned would be mine too. I'd be like, I'm going to go find somebody. So what, what you just said right there would be mine too. I'd say I'd, I'd go find somebody that could, be more like that implementer, like Sam. Sam and Dude, you I and get Sam? with them and say, "Hey, listen, I'll do, I'll, I'll do the selling. I'll bring everybody on. I'll get the vision. We can do he this right. Back. He can run the back end, and it's, it's. That's that book, uh, Rocket Fuel. Yeah, Rocket Fuel. Like yes. uh, about the integrator and, and the visionary. Visionary. That's textbook. AJ and Sam, by the way. Yeah, like, it really is. like when I read that book, I'm like, AJ, Sam, AJ, Sam. Yeah. Um. And I think Ron kind of leans more on, on your side too, like yes. visionary. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, and, and I look at that, I look at that constantly. It's like, if, if you can understand what you're best at, like you might not be a, the owner of a company, but you might be the number three guy who's a beast at X yeah. and they need X to be that their best. And they're just, they just haven't met you or you haven't talked about it. You haven't brought it up, whatever it is. And that's just missed opportunity because you don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's like a such a key thing if you can figure out what you're good at and how to apply it. And find somebody to, yeah. to fill in gaps. Totally. I mean, it makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. But all right, man. Well, cool. we could talk yeah. nonstop all day. Thanks yeah, for coming no, in. That was dude. good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.